0: Hi, community my name is chris c the founding director of the costa project coming to you from the land of the web3 welcome to another episode of web3 watch uh, where we do fireside chats with uh, professionals and practitioners in the web3 field uh, today we're joined by james speck the director of communication and consensus one of the leading blockchain company both in terms of development tool and consumer product as well as enterprise services welcome james
1: thank you for having me and uh, i did some research on card before this and think you're building some awesome tools to help people you know, build Web three applications. So um, it's great to be here.
0: Like, nice to have you um, join us for this chat. Uh, again, in your role uh, at Consensus, can you tell me tell me about your your approach of kind of spreading the uh, news or the opportunity of Web three or crypto or blockchain? Uh, what has been kind of your target audience? What what are the people you feel like you want to reach out to, and what are the people who are coming and and, and kind of heeding your message and kind of meeting you in the
1: middle? Sure. So I joined Consensus uh, four and a half years ago. In mm-hmm. 2017, a lot of what we were doing at Consensus was educating people about Ethereum. What is a blockchain? How is it different than other typical data structures? What is a cryptocurrency? How does Etherscan work? How do you use MetaMask? How do you build your first staff within Fira? Um, when you think about Consensus today in 2022, a lot of that is similar, except we have an entire ecosystem of companies and even competing services that have really given us a lot of hope that Web3 is not just a new sector, but people are really understanding the ideas of what it means to have you know, a censorship resistant app or self-sovereign data. Mm. Um, so, you know, when I think about the evolution of our writing, a lot of the early concepts around explaining how a blockchain worked are a little bit less important now that you have people getting into Web3 through culture. And when I say through culture, Mm -hmm. I mean, they find, okay, there's this NFT community, you know, maybe they're attracted to the image, but maybe they're attracted to the people that are buying NFTs. Mm -hmm. And so they use MetaMask and they don't even know that, you know, on the back end, it's using Infura or maybe they're not aware of Etherscan and checking the transactions and making sure it's been confirmed. Uh Um, So we're focused a little bit more on helping users, one, understand the apps out there, but two, keeping their assets safe. Um, Uh MetaMask, as I'm sure many of you are aware, is a self-custodial wallet. So it's really about keeping your secret recovery phrase, also known as a seed phrase or a private key, safe. Um, And so a lot of the writing we do now is focused on educating and onboarding new communities into Web3 applications.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see it from like explaining the technology to kind of embracing or popularizing the culture. Uh, the analogy I've used in the past is like in you know, the beginning of any type of technological re- revolution, like the automobile, you're talking about transmissions and like combustion engine and then you're cutting a hole in an engine to show people how it works and showing off all these kind of technology that comes with the different levers within the car and then now we talk about cup holders or like you know import car scenes versus your luxury car scenes or Porsche fiend scenes and stuff like that and those are all communities of people with a common interest where they don't really care about exactly is that still a boxer boxer engine or is it some other things and it's what is sacrilege what is not sacrilege those becomes more the conversation then how many horsepower
1: comes out of the thing (laughs) i really like that's a great analogy and yeah it's like you know back i I recently studied some um in the united states we had aol america online right that was a way a lot of people in the 1990s first used the internet before netscape even or after netscape and they skipped the steps of connecting more manually yeah um and so you had aol not just being an educator on what what is a web browser they had to you know they had to inspire people to use the internet they said stuff in early commercials like imagine a place where you can you know bet on a sports team but at the same time check your email and keep right. up to date with the news and join a community for equestrians like right. a lot of what they were doing is creating demand for the internet and Mm -hmm. talking about why the internet was going to be so great and simplify their Mm -hmm. lives. We look back on it, and it seems a bit old time, even though it was only 20, 30 years ago.
0: Oh, yeah. But
1: in the same way, a lot of the early onboarding stuff that Consensus doesn't even produce, but community members produce, are teaching people how to use MetaMask as if it is sort of a new type of web browser. And it's true that there are some new uh, user patterns and principles you need to understand when using MetaMask. But at the same time, we're similarly trying to get people excited about decentralized autonomous organizations, about NFTs, about um, metaverse or play to earn games. And so, you know, there's a simultaneously, you know, we're proselytizing Web3 and how it can be used for different applications, but teaching people the basics of this new um, uh, sort of like Web3 browser or wallet, aka mask. Yeah.
0: It's interesting when you were just using, kind of like stating some of the AOL ads about what you can do, uh, the, I can imagine at the time people were like, whatever, that can't possibly be true. But listening with the eyes of 2022 is like, duh, how could it be any other way? So I feel like some of the critic of Web3 is doing the whatever, that can't possibly work. That won't age well. Uh, yeah. t- uh, <laughs> what do you think mm-hmm. of that type well, of like dismissive attitude about? There's no way that Web three will have any use case whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I think there are degrees to that criticism. So you know, you can have a big character like Elon Musk tweeting about Web three and saying, "Where is it?" Mm-hmm. and and that to me, I, I take a little less seriously than when someone like the founder of Signal, which is you know the yeah, yeah. protocol, mm-hmm. that. The end-to-end encryption protocol that whatsapp uses moxie's critique was actually really helpful and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, our founder or the founder of metamask dan finley had a pretty lengthy response mm-hmm. but a lot of what he was you know responding to some of it he agreed with in terms of moxie's critique yeah and so when we think about you know the reliance of apis or centralized apis to fetch nft metadata right or you know, not having a standard, an EIP or an Ethereum pr- improvement proposal standard um, for reading NFTs. Mm-hmm. These are things that the community is working on. Right At the same time, um, I think Moxie's vision of decentralization is probably not a de- vision of decentralization that is going to be possible for mainstream or mass adoption, whatever we call it. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason is this, you know. A lot of the early internet proponents or uh, people who are talking about the decentralization of the early internet thought that the best way to host a website was on your own server. And, you know, microservices came about and made it easier for people anywhere to host websites. Yeah. And I don't think we're ever going to go back. Mm -hmm. Similarly, um, you know, there are some companies, aka Meta, (laughs) Mm -hmm. they are really making a bet that people don't want to understand block explorers. People don't want to know what yeah. a blockchain is. They just want to buy and sell, you know, digital items, even if Facebook, according to their recent news, might take a 47.5% fee. Yeah, yep.
0: Yeah. Those are numbers you have to sign out just to make sure you re- memorize this.
1: 47.5. I think crazy. people are making bets on, you know, I, our bet is that we do believe decentralization and that ownership of digital yeah. items um, as an individual, is going to be important in the long term. And yep. um, and we'll see, though, if if Meta makes the bet that actually people don't care. If we consolidate the marketplace, they'll be paying 50% to us, no problem.
0: Right. And, and I think market power and access and owning the headset, owning the onboard and owning the business as advertising, there's a tremendous amount of kind of... Uh, Power in that. But it seems like when we use the word metaverse, we are talking about like a more centralized version, maybe because of the co option of the word metaverse and meta by Facebook and meta. And then Web3 is, is defined to have a kind of cultural value of slightly rebellious, slightly loosely organized there. I don't think Mark Zuckerberg is saying we are going to be the leader in Web3 because Web3 is. Kind of out of the bag is uh, is something that doesn't have that culture of acceptance that it's just a universe with a game on it. So what do you think at this point? Like, you know, looking at the word Web3, W-E-B-3, what does it stand for in your mind about what it encompasses? And people think it's like, you know, defining an acronym acronym by another set of acronyms. Like, Web3 is like DAO NFT and, and and that's not really helpful. But in your mind, what do you think Web3 stands for? And how is that different than Metaverse?
1: Yeah, the... Yeah, I, I actually don't like when people say the metaverse as if there's a single place. And I think Mark Zuckerberg is likely to say the metaverse. The metaverse,
0: yeah. You know, there are, I think, <laughs> the <Facebook>.
1: hopefully, right, <laughs> I think there'll hopefully be many social media apps or many metaverses. Yeah. Um, and we're only going to be, you know, spending time in them if they are, you know, a valuable place to spend time. But so, yeah, you're right about that. And with Web3, though, I think, you know, Web3 unfortunately since it's so young is still a lot of things when um, you know when consensus was first around Joe Lubin our founder um, back in 2016 really liked to talk about web 3 mm-hmm. and he was really talking about it as a money layer for the internet a money layer an identity layer for the internet and he really you know used big tech or you know Fang companies like meta as a Counter example, you know, an internet where these, you know, Silicon Valley, largely Silicon Valley companies don't own your data, where the user owns their own data. Um, so it's a new relationship on the web between user and the application they're using. Mm-hmm. Um, I think how Web3 has evolved, especially in the with the booming of 2021's NFT scene and also yeah, a yeah. lot of the DAOs that are coming about, some of the explanations for Web3 that I think is really, um, A lot of creators and artists and um, these types of people really like the idea of it being a new patron model for the Internet. Uh Um, And so it's a way to directly engage with your fans. But it's also a way for your fans to not only be able to buy um, something you sell, Uh but actually be a part of owning the platform itself. And so, you know, you see that with different NFT marketplaces that are competing with OpenSea. One example looks rare. Um, is still taking platform fees for buying and selling NFTs, but they're offering token incentives so that, you know, buyers and sellers feel like they also have a part ownership in the direction of the marketplace.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I- and I think, you know, I really like this idea that ownership is the delta. That's the difference, right? Web2, read, write, and 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 Web3 is like read, write, own. There was like a meme on those kind of tweet comparison between the two. So the ownership layer, uh, and I think, you know, what's interesting about it is that to me as a user of these kind of NFT marketplaces, obviously MetaMask is the first place you go. And the fact that the word meta in this is also kind of interesting. But can you tell me a little bit about how you believe uh, this money layer that kind of overlays on top of what? Look more like a conventional. A lot of dabs and marketplaces like OpenSea. If you don't know nothing about Web three or crypto or Ethereum, just look like a marketplace. So, what do you think is the unique experience, especially for, for new users, to that are using MetaMask, which I know is one of the one, one of your leading consumer facing product, and maybe even a developer product. When developer wants to like, integrate certain APIs and stuff like that, what do you think is the vision for that introduction to a person who is familiar with digital lives, like buying and selling, and this? New kind of layered ownership layer. How does you know consensus, especially the MetaMask team, think about that type of communication or onboarding of that mental model?
1: That that's a great question, um, and it's something we're we're talking about often. I had a meeting earlier today about that. Um, you know, I think it comes down to. Look at maybe the way that Twitter implemented their new NFT profile mm-hmm. picture. The hexagon thing. <laughs> yeah. To making, so, a hexagon is an NFT
0: back, then regular is round.
1: And so if you actually click on the hexagon, you'll see a bit of information about the NFT. And one of the important parts when we say oh, Web3 is ownership on the internet is how much people care about who owns the image in uh, someone's Twitter profile. Mm -hmm. Or when you go all the way up to the upper echelons of, you know, fine art. um, Provenance is an authenticity of, you know, ownership is a really important thing. And, you know, consensus before NFTs were a thing to collect. um, We were messing around with the ERC-721, which is the token standard Mm -hmm. that created um, NFTs as a tool for provenance. Except we were thinking of real world items. So how do you track a tuna? from Fiji to, you know, your sushi restaurant in New York City. Yeah. You really care about the provenance in every step on the way. Um, I think that, you know, when we're competing and trying to make people really understand the power of MetaMask, it'll be hard at first for people who have the, you know, gut reaction, hey, this is just an image on the internet. I can right click and I can save it. Yeah. Why does it matter yeah. who owns it? Yeah. But when it comes down to, you know, maybe the, their favorite musician and it's the first you know, song that they create, and they release it as a limited edition 30 NFT um, release, you know, people cl- pay a lot for collecting limited edition LPs and, and records. Mm-hmm. The the same sort of assumption should um, happen with NFTs, except the difference is, I think sophisticated users will have less reliance on You know, going to a collector and making sure it is the original LP or going to a third party authenticator and making sure it's the original sneakers. Mm
0: -hmm. Instead,
1: you can just look and feel comfortable and confident that this NFT is mine. And I was, you know, I'm the only owner of this, or I'm one of 30. Um, And so making, you know, one thing MetaMask wants to do, and it's in future app releases, is how do we make a lot of this NFT metadata and the information that is really like, it seems a bit, uh, esoteric when you read ether scanner, when you look at the blockchain, how do we make that more human readable and easier for people to right. understand? Yeah. Um, and then one final point is, I think ENS has done a really good job of introducing the concept of, okay, our, you know, just like the internet had IP addresses and then, You had, you know, URLs to explain something in human readable terms. Mm -hmm. We're taking these 26 character hexadecimal Ethereum addresses and now making them, you know, JamesBack.eth. So Yeah.
0: The naming and, and the shortcuts and the short names. And AOL, by the way, had the keywords you can buy and Facebook had keywords you can do. And I think this idea of mapping to human space, it's definitely the first step. But I think what you what you're saying about that kind of getting more information where there's provenance is interesting, right? Because the, the main critique of NFT is right-click save. I can just save this file. But the power that what you're saying is, and it's what's emerging is right-click. Get info, get right click properties. Is the like who wrote this? Let me go to Spotify and see who's the producer. That type of linkages to those relationships and click on that person and see the ENS name and like connect with them and support as a patron. That type of networking is really powerful. I think, you know, we think we do that on Facebook if everyone has a Facebook page, but then Facebook really in some way made certain people more important, like advertisers and brands and, you know, businesses and. And celebrities or even makers are less important, just in a grand scheme of the business model. So I think it's interesting to think of that as right-click, get info.
1: And I also think that, you know, it's inevitable younger generations spend a lot of time on the internet. Mm-hmm. And the I think the bet on avatars and metaverse is also a bet that people really care about the same social status symbols in the real right. world as they do on the internet. And early yeah. on my critique of a lot of the nft projects were it's just a digital flex to mm-hmm. show you have mm-hmm. an understanding of this technology or you have a lot of eth and you bought yeah, yeah. you know yeah. A, yeah. an nft but at the same time i think you know we have this whole collection of our digital identities and it's still wrapped up in platforms it's yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. my twitter followers it's my facebook friends it's um you know if i'm an artist it's and I'm not hosting my own website, it's on someone else's website. Yeah. And I think the real cool thing about Web3 and, and what MetaMask enables is everything you do, every transaction you make, everything you collect, every app you connect to, starts forming this digital identity and one that is owned and custodied by yourself.
0: Yeah, I think I think the the power of you know kind of owning a relationship and having that independent of a particular platform is important. You know, I, I, I you know you might know this, but a lot of what we're thinking about CarStack is like, what's the non ownership layer? What about the read write part? Can we write a more Web three compatible kind of like display platform programming toolkit for templates that would resemble a store template that would resemble a artist streaming page or Patreon page. And we can, we open source those UI as well so that the ownership layer, it's kind of like re-centralized around the self, right? Like that's your identity, but the, the website still can exist, but the, unlike WordPress, they're more compatible with the way we want to store data with as IPFS and so, on. so that's a lot of, a lot of the kind of tools that we built is bringing web to style builder tools to a Web3 compatible, not only delivery model, but also the kind of cultural model of sharing.
1: So. And that I think that's also part of, we didn't even talk about the ethos of open source yeah. um, as being a part of the Web3 ethos, but you know, I like that idea. And I think in the future, I think Artists especially want to be less reliant on platforms as their main revenue source. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. should be able to create their own storefronts or websites using something like Cardstack that has web three compatibility yes.
0: connection pretty yeah. easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so that's kind of a lot of what we worked on. You know, when we approach people about this, especially people who don't know about Web3, one of the things we keep running into is the, you know, the young people are like, you know, what about the carbon impact? Because they care deeply about it because it's their world that they're going to be living in for for the duration where the boomer is leaving behind something and the cleanup... It's not even funded, not in any way close to being addressed. I know you have a lot of interest in kind of using the technology of Web3 to at least visualize or like make obvious, make clear uh, what is the carbon impact. What do you think of web three role in not only addressing the immediate criticism of the carbon footprint of proof-of-work based NFTs, but also using that as a way to maybe get people more engaged beyond just being aware of what they can do use maybe web technology to kind of address, beginning to address some of these issues on climate change?
1: I'm glad you asked. Yeah. I mean, look, everyone in the Ethereum community, especially has long been waiting for proof of work to end mm. and proof of stake to start. So the beacon chain, which is the proof of stake Ethereum chain is very active. There's billions of dollars already staked on it. People are earning rewards. It's this chain that's ready, and so what we're waiting for now is called the merge, and mm-hmm. the merge is supposed to happen this this summer. Um, I'm here right. in June or July. And- Exciting times. <laughs> yeah, and then like consensus. Look, we've had we have R- an R and D team. We have protocol researchers. We are building our own ETH two client called Teku, mm-hmm. um, that is you know powering about thirteen percent of all validators on mm-hmm. the network, and so we are very dedicated to bringing proof of stake. To Ethereum this year. Um, before then, it was kind of hard talking to artists and saying, "Look, you know, proof of work is using an enormous amount of energy mm-hmm. to look for the zeros to confirm transactions." You know, it, everyone says yeah. like, "Oh, it's about all these computers competing for um, you know finding the next block," but it's really they're just doing simple hashing and looking yeah, for yeah. zeros and yeah, so number matching bingo. <laughs> yeah, it's number matching bingo. So. Yeah. Um, And and what MetaMask has also done is like we, and and Infura as well, is we support other networks. So Mm -hmm. Polygon has a proof of stake network. Um, Near through Aura has a proof of stake network. So there are a lot of, basically every new layer one blockchain is using proof of stake Mm -hmm. variations on how to um, come to consensus. But I think that's the future. And Polygon recently announced too that not only were they going to be carbon neutral they were going to try to be carbon negative yesterday and that's commitment they're doing using um something that you just mentioned um base carbon tons so um bct this project i followed um called clima and and but started using this protocol called called toucan and they introduced the first ever like tokenized uh carbon ton right and you know there are a lot of critiques of carbon credits um you know carbon credits are supposed to all represent one ton of carbon but the way in which they represent that ton is you know either i'm a farmer and i produce a forest and that forest is sequestering one ton of carbon that's Mm -hmm. a real good carbon credit in my opinion yeah in other cases people are getting carbon credits for you know upgrading electrical infrastructure and Mm -hmm. so there's really a range yeah. the quality of these carbon credits. But from what I've seen, both Tucan and ClimateDao, they've been very aware of this and they have actually a lot of, you know, people in the carbon credit finance space joining the protocol. Yeah, it's um, already... Yeah,
0: thinking about the onboarding a new type of carbon credit as its own DAO to evaluate it and then be able to tokenize it in something you don't have to think about the evaluation. Uh, that I think that protocol is really clever. We're actually using BCT in a project, again, in co- collaboration with NYU, to essentially do a carbon offset requirement for transfer and NFT. So before you can sell it, Marketplace can demand that you offset the carbon credit of that entire lifetime of that NFT so that you have a check mark that is carbon negative or carbon neutral for that. So we're doing a proof of concept using BCT on Polygon. It would be kind of ironic to do it on the proof of work train. <laughs> Offsetting something in proof of work, it's hard to get the numbers to work. But, you know, combination of these technologies certainly points a direction towards that.
1: So I, also, I think that's brilliant. And also, I think, you know, it, I've tried to buy carbon offsets when I take a flight. I mean, that's one of right, the right. things you can do. Yes, And a lot of them is through Vera. Some is through other uh, carbon standards. But it's still not that easy and i think if you know we have these beginning primitives where all the actions you're taking can you're buying a carbon credit to offset it the whole point of that is that you create a carbon sink and so there's increased demand for yes, credits absolutely. which means that it becomes profitable to not farm your land and maybe you know yeah, sell, sell into forest this and yeah, sell I- it as carbon credits so I think that actual like market effect could have good long-term effects as well.
0: Yeah, and then the composability of DeFi and composability of Web3 in action means that that buy button comes with it, not just one-click checkout, it was one-click checkout with offset of carbon credit for everything to go in there. If we can convince consumer to value the receipt of the thing, that whatever I bought has carbon credit, that creates a tremendous amount of demand. And that's really the most exciting part is the composability across this primitive of you know tokenizations, fungible tokens, and thinking about this as the future of commerce and how do we tie this primitive together at the checkout. Outstand. So, well, this is great. Thank you so much for enlightening um, us. Yeah, it was um, a very good
1: conversation. I'm sorry we're already at time.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, but uh, I look forward to uh, continuing this conversation on Twitter. But uh thank you, the Costa community, for joining us today. Until next time, take care.
1: Thank you, Chris.